There's a concept in exercise called overtraining. I don't know if overtraining is actually a thing in exercise, but I think it's definitely a thing in art. I see it in the questions that people ask about the journey a lot. Uh, I see it in students often. There is, even if they have not hit the point of overtraining, there is definitely the capacity to head towards it and to have the mentality that is going to assure it. And I sympathize because art is extremely ephemeral, strange, confusing, and flitting. And the training parts of art, the boot campy parts of art, are, oh God, just comfortingly concrete. They just seem so easy to latch onto, to understand, to hold in the mind. Uh, just, it gives us a way to map the path ahead and to feel that, well, we're going to be okay. And there is a, there's a great comfort in looking at a series of bullet points, like uh, I need to be good at drawing in perspective, uh, anatomy, I have to practice my hands and my heads, and I have to practice my value scales, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all of the fundies that we've all heard of. It is very comforting to look at that bullet-pointed list and say, well, you know, I'm quite a dedicated person, or I'm an angry enough person right now that I have the piss and vinegar in me to get through this. and. You know, I've you know I've never failed at things before. I always find a way to do things. I will do this. I will get through this list. I get it. It is very comforting. I've been there. I was that person. Um, but that ain't it. That just ain't it. That is. It sucks to say, and um, it's a little. Um, it is a little difficult to admit, especially as a. As someone who does a bit of teaching art, it is very difficult to admit that um, the parts that can be taught are really not that important, not super important, and really must be carefully regulated. They need to be kept in balance. And, uh, you know, the tendency is to not keep them in balance. And I think that unfortunately, a lot of that, that culture that makes it so easy for people to focus on the training parts instead of the, I think people focus on it so little that there's not really a good word for that more abstract, open-ended part of art making. Um, at, the, at the risk of sounding saccharine, I'm going to call it the, uh, you know, the more heart centered part, the inward looking part of art making, um, the, the conditions that have made it easy for us to turn a blind eye to that or to de-emphasize that, I think a lot of that just, you know, not in a negative way, just has to do with the nature of teaching, with the nature of providing that training. You know, the, the only parts for the mo mostly mostly generally speaking the only parts of the practice that can be taught really in a concrete way are those trainable parts and 
e even our current uh, internet and social media climate makes that makes it more likely that that's the way that people will uh, lean, especially, I believe, because of um, sort of an asymmetrical teaching structure these days, a highly asymmetrical teaching structure where, um, especially with online tutorials, and again, I know that I'm putting myself in a position here as someone who sells online tutorials, but, you know, just being honest and pointing out the the way that this conditions people's practices, the way in order to provide, for example, a video, which will not provide feedback on the work for a student, when just generally when you provide something like that, a product like that, you are going to focus on concrete things that can be handed off. And there is there's a little bit more flexibility to teach the more heart-focused parts of art when you are in a feedback system, when you are in a classroom or doing a one-on-one -on -one mentorship situation. There is just more opportunity there to react with the thoughts and the, the more intimate inner feelings that result in the ideas or changes or craft aspects of the art. So I say all of that just to try to put it into your mind that there are subtle structural aspects that are influencing the way that you train in art. And I think that the really strong kind of overbearing emphasis in online art instruction these days on the trainable aspects, on the quote-unquote fundies. I think the emphasis on that is a function of the way that art instruction is largely distributed these days, which is um, highly asymmetrical. The teacher produces something, then provides it, the student consumes it on their own and 99% of the time receives no feedback on what they took from the instruction, uh, how they're applying it to their work. And with a structure like that, your best bet whenever you provide instruction is to be as clear as possible and clarity lends itself to the trainable boot campy parts of art. And I always want to make the disclaimer that uh, that's not bad. Those trainable parts are, they are important, you know. I, I went through all of the training for those things, you know. I, I was taught perspective for years, and I learned anatomy from some of the best. And, you know, I really value all of the concrete skills that I gained and was given. But... At this point in my practice, um, which is far from where I want to be, but still further along than I was when I was doing all of that training, um, those hard skills, the objective parts, I don't get the, the satisfaction and energy from them that I used to and it's not because they became less interesting it's because parts of the practice unfolded that i had been paying less attention to 
And I was shocked to find that the energy and interest that was hidden there was, uh, well, it made the other aspects kind of pale in comparison. You know, the, uh, the turning, turning more towards the intimate, towards the, the closer parts of the practice, the first steps, you know, trying to learn, trying to learn what it meant about my art and me and my practice that I react to certain kinds of ideas over others, that my ideas come to me in this particular flavor and not that particular flavor, the sort of secret things that my taste was whispering to me, you know, all, all of those aspects, those very, very close in aspects, right? Like you, you can't, you are not granted the privilege of being able to inspect where your ideas come from or how they arise, right? That's just not a privilege any of us are granted, right? We get the idea and we truly have, upon inspection, if you pay attention, you just have, you have no earthly idea where it came from. You know, you can tell yourself a story afterwards like, oh yeah, well, two weeks ago I saw that and then it kind of looks like that mixed with this thing that I saw five years ago plus this thing from my childhood, but that's just a story. And you didn't, that's a, that's a, a, a hindsight understanding and you didn't consciously run any of that program, you know? You, the idea just sort of blossomed into your mind, uh, unbidden, fully formed while you were in the shower or in the car or whatever. And um, you don't get to inspect the place from whence that comes. So really the most intimate parts of your practice are just noticing the character of those things when they arise, right? You don't, you do not get to see how they come together or where they come from, but you can inspect and learn from the way they present. And that is a fascinating and extremely intimate uh, part of the practice. It's utterly personal, like unspeakably personal. I, I, I can't even fathom how to like, you know, translate what I've learned from that onto another person or anything. It just can't be done. It's too personal. But, you know, I can say from experience that uh, I have learned more from that now and gained more from that now, both in my practice and in my life. I have gained more from that space than I ever did from the hard skills. And I'm only now making work that I'm actually, um, I'm only now making work that I'm, I wanna use the word proud. That's not exactly right. I mean, I've, all throughout my career, all through my journey, I made, um, I always made work that I was proud of, at least for a while, you know, when you overcome an obstacle or get better at something that you've struggled with, you know, there's plenty of being proud, but I guess there were long, long, years long stretches that only ended, you know, that have, uh, you know, I had to come out of them over the past few years, last several years. Um, before them, those years-long stretches contained periods where I never made a piece of work that I felt, yes, I was proud of it, but I also felt that, oh yeah, this is, this is me. And I feel comfortable saying that this piece represents what I really want to be doing. 
with art. I, I, th I mean, when I was in those darker stretches where I was never getting that feeling, I think if you had told me, you know, that was something I was supposed to move towards or that it was possible to feel that way, probably would have laughed at you or just not believed you or I don't know. I feel like I would have been, it's very easy to be very cynical about that until you experience it. But that feeling is really, um, that is an amazing feeling. Jesus. It's a, it, it, it dwarfs a feeling like nailing a piece of anatomy or properly modeling the contrast hierarchy on a piece of flesh or something. It, it blows that away to actually make something where you, you know, you feel like, oh no, this is, this aligns with me truly, you know? And that, it's, it's a whole different subtle set of skills to get to that, to arrive at what you feel your, your voice is, right? Uh, and I have only learned how to do it in so much as I have done it, you know, and takes a long time. I haven't made a lot of work in that voice quite yet, but um, I've only been able to do it at all because of the more intimate inspection of the practice. I learned every, everything that I learned to be able to do that. It did not come from the hard skills. It did not. And if you overtrain in heavy scare quotes, that is to say, put all of your effort and all of your thought into the parts you can grab onto, onto the objective parts of art training, you're not gonna lose the opportunity to learn those things, but I assure you, all you're doing is pushing further down the line, pushing away, 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 passing the buck for years and years and years on an essential part of the practice that you will need to learn if you have any hope of keeping yourself energized and interested through the difficulty of this endeavor and the long haul commitment needed to get through this endeavor of art making. So get on it now. All it's asking of you is to pay attention and to open up and to not get so caught up in everything that you think you need to be doing and what others are telling you you need to be doing. Start close in first. Start very, 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 very near. How does the practice present itself to you before everything you can put a name on, before everything that you understand how does it present before all of that, before everything you can talk about? What is the unstructured, unconditioned, delivered part of the practice? Look at that. It's happening. I promise you that. No matter what you believe or whether you notice it or not, I promise you that part is happening. It's running. It's the only way. You can't justify a, an interpretation where you are authoring your ideas or your reactions from the start. So that part is happening. And if you don't pay attention to it, that doesn't change it. 
All it means is that you're missing something. You're missing something very, very interesting. Take a look. Thanks for drawing.